All right, welcome back to episode two of the newly refurbished Awkward MMA. We got someone from our actual original season when I was in the background, Aiden Ingram, hey. aka the future. How is it going? Good, man. Trying to trying to stay active in these uh, kind of weird and uh, awkward times, man. But how are you doing that? Um, right now, um, it's just trying to stay active, right? And so when everything went down and the gym closed down, I um. I uh, stripped out my garage. I had mats. I had puzzle mats. Um, and my roommate is actually my old strength conditioning coach. So we had a rack and weights, Olympic weights, Olympic bar and everything. So um, uh, it was just putting everything together, getting the garage stripped out and then uh, uh, putting everything together. So um, I did that the week that uh, Fight Ready closed down. Oh, yeah. So you down. were like so I kinda really knew. prepared. Yeah, I kind of knew. I was like, man, things are kind of shifty. States are closing down. Um, and then as soon as it closed, uh, we were, we were ready to roll, man. I was, I was doing the same thing two two days killing it, man. So, oh yeah. It's like, uh, what's your like normal routine? Like just with that garage, um, right now I have a couple people from fight ready on the amateur team. A couple pros come through sometimes. Um, I hold two practices, uh, 10 AM and, uh, 6 PM, 10 AM. I usually just roll for an hour and then I, uh, Rose and I hit our uh, strength conditioning. We lift right after take a break, eat, um, and then 6 p.m., we're doing the same thing. I'm running to practice uh, with, like, you know, three or four guys that come through. So it's been uh, it's been consistent, honestly. It's been I've, – I've, uh, I kind of let myself go a little bit on the diet. I went up, like, <laughs> four, five, six pounds. A little bit of comfort food, comfort I'm guessing. A little bit of comfort food, and then uh, I was still lifting. I was like, man, like, I'm not losing any weight, so I, I cleaned up the diet. So, like, I've been, I've been down, like, five pounds last week and a half, two weeks, so – it's just uh just uh treating it like I'm in camp, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's yeah. like that's like the thing cuz I've been like it's been like strictly weights for me and then I have like a bag in the back of my parents place so like mm-hmm. I'll come over and say, "Hey, could I use your garage with like all the weights and stuff like that?" Mm-hmm. And then I have uh I actually bought a grappling dummy. Oh, nice. Off of Amazon. Like a lot of people say it's a waste of time, but I actually think it's like pretty good cuz it's, you know, someone who stays still and like mm-hmm. has more patience than your typical training partner, mm-hmm. so if I'm not getting it, you can like lock everything and then it's pretty cool to like innovate and try and find different positions and stuff you move around it and then it's fun to punch too right like you get to try your ground and pound out or elbows and stuff too so yeah how are you missing the uh ufc though just every week on espn oh man dude i i watch i mean they thankfully fight pass has been been keeping me busy i i look up old fights pride fights old WEC fights so I, I stay on fight pass but man i i'm ready for i'm ready for may man i'm ready for next weekend oh. three events in a in a week dude the prelims oh, are yeah. gonna be so tight yeah they put cowboy on the prelims too man so know, you but, know it's a stack but that's card. like a main event on the yeah. prelims cowboy versus pettis too oh, yeah. yep I, I honestly just have this gut feeling that like every one of cowboy's fights is just i'm, I'm counting for him to just put those gloves down mm-hmm. on the octagon just because like i see on Instagram, like how he's got the mm-hmm. kid and everything like that. And, you know, he's got all those other business ventures. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's just like, dude, you've been getting KO'd as many times. It's like, I'm not saying it to be a disloyal fan, but it's but just you, like, there's... you're saying it as a, as a caring fan. Yeah. Know. That's a, that's how I, I think Cowboy will kill it, man. Honestly, like, cause he's the type of guy that will, when the pressure's on, he folds, right? Like even said in the, uh, Brett Okamoto interviews, like when I showed up two days before I knew I didn't want to be there pressure is getting to me and when he just fights just to fight like that's that's when he's like a world beater man so um i think i think he's, he's gonna put it on pettis you think just so because there's not a lot of look look you got justin gaethje and tony and you got henry fighting and you he's kind of overshadowed by by all these big names so i think he, he likes that like he's 
flown under the radar. And he just I mean, I kind of disagree. I don't think it's possible to overshadow Cowboy. He's been That's such true. a he's been such just a name and like mm-hmm. not just the UFC, but Strike Force like way back yeah, in the day. Yeah. It's so hard to like see his name even on like even if it was like an early mm-hmm. prelim, mm-hmm. you'd be tuning in oh, at like at out, like yeah. 10 a.m. just mm-hmm. to see that fight. I, I mean, I know I would. I remember when Henry fought TJ, I went to go to a bar to go the see the prelims. Fight, uh, yeah, just to see Alexander that fight. Yeah. Oh yeah, when you see like a young up and comer like that go up against like just an old like an older like opponent. Yeah. And then you see like the old dog still got some tricks up mm. his sleeve. And especially stuff. when was... especially when he's running his mouth when Alexander Hernandez <laughs> was trying to trying to psych uh, him out. Trying to pull some stuff. On o- only Conor McGregor could really do oh, that. Man. Right. You I... could tell it was scripted and then you just see Cowboy like, man, sit down. You know what I'm saying? So it was cool to it, it was cool for and Alexander Hernandez brought it to him for like the first round and then Cowboy Cowboy threw those knees up and head kicks. So it was just yeah, it was a cool moment for him, man. Oh yeah. Plus with uh with Henry fighting as a co-main event, that's mm. got that's going to be dope. And against Dominic Cruz yeah. too, it's been crazy, man. I've actually so when you asked about my schedule, the past couple weeks, like two three weeks, um, uh, our coach Eddie Chai actually asked me to come in and be be uh, Henry's punching bag for uh, Dominic Cruz the last couple weeks. So that was my schedule. So every morning it was eleven to around like twelve thirty or one where. Um, is it a breach of confidentiality to like ask how you guys have been preparing for that? Cause you're getting like I mean, a front row it's, seat. It's just, uh, it's, you know, it's, um, it's, there's no secret in how to beat Dom, right? Like he's weak. He's got a brittle body. He's got weak legs. He's got his, uh, plantar fasciitis or whatever you call it. Like it's not a secret how to beat Dom. It's just being patient. It's, it really is a game of patience. That's what he wants. He gets in your face he taunts you. He, you know, if you get mad, he's gonna run circles around you. But you see in the fights that he has less success with Cody, right? Yeah, everyone who had thought, a every, serious anger mm-hmm, problem. Everyone thought Cody was just gonna run at him, and it was just gonna be another team alpha male versus Dominic fight. It wasn't. He pulled Dom in, and then he exploded out. And then the the last two rounds with TJ. I mean, TJ got so frustrated throwing head kicks and body kicks, he couldn't hit him. And then the last two rounds, he's like, "Wait a minute, his legs right there." You know what I'm saying? So. The last two rounds, TJ was chopping down those legs, and then all of a sudden, within four or five minutes, Dom's already limping and trying I'm to— I'm predicting like a first or second round finish now that you're telling me this. I, I say if if Henry is as patient as he's been in camp, I say a third round finish. Third I, round I, finish. I put money on that, man. But it's all about patience. It's, it's not even about physicality, right? Like, they're both world-class athletes, but who's going to be more patient? That's the worst thing about Dom. Like, you can be— the most conditioned athlete in the world, but it doesn't matter if you can't outthink, you know, Dom. So it's going to be good, man. I can't wait. I what can't do you wait. think about Ferguson versus Gates? Because, like, just yeah. as a hardcore Tony Ferguson fan, mm. like, I love that guy to death. I think his act is probably the most real mm-hmm. and kind of just, I mean, I know he's like seriously out there, like in a good <laughs> yeah. way. And just he's from not. like what I've heard from juice when he talked mm-hmm. to him and everything and what, what you, you even train with the guy, right? No, I, I met him out in uh, Anaheim. Oh yeah. yeah. So he actually, he, he actually posted a picture of me on his Instagram with all his fans and stuff. So I was like, "Whoa, dude, it's kind of crazy." So you like, no, that's not an act. He's really. No, he's actually he's pretty goofy. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, I had yeah. a, I had couple couple minutes with him, and he's actually really goofy, just really down to earth. But um, and he thinks I mean, outside the box that way yeah. too. Like people with that kind of like mindset. Well, like his that coach is Eddie. His coach is Eddie Bravo, right? So yeah, it's like, <laughs> they kind of they kind of go hand in hand. They're you know, I but um. Do you think he's got a chance against Gaethje, or do you think it's? Gonna I be, I uh... think either way, it's fight of the year, man. Oh I yeah. I think I'm I'm I love Gaethje. I've seen him fight live uh, twice, 
um, against Dustin Poirier and then against Michael Johnson. I think Gaethje's a character in himself. Though. Oh, yeah. Like, his he's just... like cowboy almost, right? Like, because they're friends and stuff. He's got that, that cowboy mentality. He's like, I'm going to fight anybody. You're going to you know? fight anybody. It's not really like a cliff jumping, mm-hmm. like no, cow no. wrangling in my free time. Yeah, he life. is a nut, though. Oh, yeah. You see that uh, that ESPN thing where like it was like two weeks before his fight with uh, Cowboy. And he's like, all right, I'll give uh, uh, $500 to anybody who drops me the body shot today. I'm like, geez, man, dude, he's a, he's one of those guys. Right? He, like, he knows. He, like... he likes to fight. But um, I, I'd say because um, Tony gets dropped in every fight, man. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's the ability to have guys that are good finishers, right? Like Connor's a really good finisher, right? If he drops you... He's not going to rush in, bum rush in, and get caught with spinning stuff. It's the same thing with Gaethje. Like, Gaethje, especially recently, right? Gaethje hits you like he hits, man. And he's he has that ability to cover and not kind of get in these weird scrambles um, when he's trying to knock someone out. He controls the situation. So I think um, I think if Gaethje might put him away early or if it just keeps drawing out, then that's when it gets interesting. Whose cardio holds up because they're both known for their, their pace. Oh, yeah. Well, Tony's already got that cardio foundation. Oh, yeah. I feel like just based off that fight with Cowboy, you could tell, you know, Tony's listening to the criticism mm-hmm. and he's really working on his stand-up game. Yeah. And he's, plus, like, he's so fast, I don't think he's going to have trouble staying on the outside of Gaethje. No, not at all. But then again, Tony's the type of guy that likes to – He'll, go he'll fight with the, you, the type of he'll guy fight with you, the man. type of guy so I, I it's it's a it's it's a great it, way to start uh bringing the ufc back and it says something about those two because they're mm-hmm. like we don't care what's going yeah. on we're just gonna fight someone mm-hmm. i honestly thought that like because i just had like this vision in my mind when like i saw like all this stuff coming up uh mm-hmm. i'm not gonna say for algorithm purposes but um like just that they were gonna have like an empty stadium and like mm-hmm. Ferguson versus Khabib was gonna be like a very oh, silent man, fight. Yeah. Like I know like you gotta have the crowds in there, but I feel like a silent fight where like it's like no, this has that'd to be happen. Even better. That's even that'd better. Be better. Yeah. You could hear what they're saying you to hear each Khabib other. Talking, just... <laughs> you hear Tony telling him, dude, tech fall on the mat right now, you know, just craziness. Like I mean They they wanna fight. I but think he, but here's the thing, if Gaethje wins, that just ruins Tony that, and Khabib, man. Like you'll never see Tony and Khabib. I don't think you'll see it now, but if Gaethje wins, it's you're never gonna see it, man. I know, you know and it's saying? gonna it's gonna be a really hard pill to swallow. I'm gonna oh, have yeah. a, I'm gonna like take that poster <laughs> and put it in a coffin and like have you're, a you're, you. You might it. see them in Bellator like ten years down the road fight. I wouldn't be surprised if they fight. You know, what I'm yeah. saying ten years down the road, but um, man, it's... unless like because I honestly feel Khabib's like really serious when he says he just wants to do a couple more fights oh, yeah. and then come out of the game because if you have like a record of like let's say he just runs through everybody mm-hmm. he faces connor again which i honestly don't see connor winning the rematch no. or anything i i literally see him going like something like 35 and oh, oh and yeah. then like literally like that's a legacy of itself because mm-hmm. i if gsp cuts down to 155 which based on their walk around weight like weight they mm-hmm. could really just they, they could really just meet up at lightweight that's yeah. a good legacy fight because if gsp has three different weight class mm-hmm. you know championships or if Khabib beats that's such a legacy fight right there and I Mm -hmm. honestly see like if it was prime George versus uh like nowadays Khabib Mm -hmm. I see George winning that but like since he's so he's so much older and like this is the years he's at where like father time really just takes a beating on you and he's still training every day I I just see it being a landslide for Khabib you never know man that's what I thought when uh GSP came back to fight Bisping oh yeah like I thought well, I thought Bisping's a little older too. He is right? though, but he was still on top of his game, man. Like he went to a war with Dan Henderson, you know, and he knocked out Luke Rockhold before that, and you know he was on his own run. But like, I thought GSP was uh, 
thought you thought he was a little in over his head, right? Like even though like ring rust too, like you put ring rust in if he hasn't been back in four years, but I can see GSP like it's all about the mind, man. Yeah. GSP. GSP is one of the smartest uh athletes, Plus he, he you know? was fighting a guy who was like just naturally bigger than That's him true, too. yeah. And for him to just knock him down like that in round mm-hmm. three and then just keep going and it just shows like how how like size just doesn't always matter. Yeah. And yeah. like if like someone's tough enough at like such a smaller like size, it's it's just gonna mm-hmm. be a landslide. It's efficiency too. Yeah. Know? Plus like if you watch those first two rounds, you'll see every strike he had was just completely mm-hmm. crisp. Like he he was waiting, he was timing everything, mm-hmm. he was watching those videos. But yeah. I mean, I think I'm just like going a little too far in the future it's like we got to focus on the <laughs> yeah, now this, though it's, it is hard to, it is hard to put money against khabib though man like you look at what he's done yeah <laughs> it's like i i mean as much as i love tony it's like i still see khabib winning that mm. fight i mean i hope that i'm wrong in that mm. one because if like like your favorite fighter is the one to finally do it like mm. that's such like that's a awesome, that's such a vicarious good feeling but mm. I, I mean you just got to give khabib that kind of credit yeah no definitely i agree and uh who knows man tony that whole lightweight division, the top five guys, man, they're all going to come to fight. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Tony will get taken down. I, if he ever fought Khabib, he will get taken down. But it's is he going to talk crap and start elbowing him and cut him up as he's on the bottom and then throw some triangles? Or is it you, you know those guys are going to do that kind of stuff? And so I, it's hard. It's It really is a toss-up, right? I mean, Dustin Poirier almost caught. Uh, he had Khabib in that guillotine. I don't oh, care. Yeah. I don't care what you know. Javier Mendez was saying, like, oh, he gets in the guillotine all the time. It's not tight. If you're saying he gets in the guillotine all the time, if I'm Tony Ferguson, I'm like, good, because yeah. I get everyone else <laughs> in guillotines too. You know what I'm saying? Like, then Dustin Poirier is nowhere near the black belt jiu-jitsu as a as a Tony. Tony, man. I mean, so if Dustin, well, can Khabib's kinda... a, like, I think he's still a white belt in jiu-jitsu. Yeah, but sec- what yeah. they say about wrestling and jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. Like Sambo too. Yeah, and typically, like when you see that that whole wrestling rule, it's typically against um like white and blue belts. Mm-hmm. And then when you reach the purple belts and the brown and the black, that's when you see like it's mm-hmm. going to be a toss up. Yep. But when you see like a white belt like Khabib, who probably doesn't practice too much jujitsu in the time, oh, yeah. but Poirier is a black belt, and he I saw that that was tight. Yeah, but he's just. Was. You could tell how strong that guy's neck is and just how he's like kind of like mm-hmm. he does that. And ever since like I saw that fight, like whenever like I'm rolling or something and someone catches me in that guillotine, I'll just start pushing the elbow. And it really is like just a life hack that happens. It's a, like it's that. a game of inches. Like when I when I was uh at the lab, you know, for a long time and I was, you know, with Benson Henderson and stuff, Benson Henderson was known for just getting out of submissions. You you he'd let me get a rear naked choke on him and then he's like, Okay, let's go. Let me get the arm bar on him. Full extension, he's like, okay, now we're rolling. And I would ask him, like, how do you get out of this stuff, man? Even his fight, his first fight with Cowboy. Cowboy got him in triangles, to everything. Get out. And he's like, it's just a game of, like, inch centimeters. He's like, you just got to find that little that little space right there, your own little pocket of air, and then kind of endure that. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, you watch a lot of uh, – that's why they called him smooth. Like, he was able to calm the situation down whenever he was in a bad situation and uh, get out of it. And so I, I do the same thing, like – when I roll in jiu-jitsu and stuff, I let people take my back. I'll put myself in bad situations, and then it's like uh, it's like being Houdini, right? You chain yourself up, and then you see if you uh, see what kind of tricks you have to get out. So I think that's the best way to train jiu-jitsu, you know? Oh, yeah. But, uh, but you just, like, get yourself into that situation exactly, so you right. know how to Like, if you see me roll in, like, Paris's class and stuff, like, in gi jiu-jitsu, I'll let people just throw me over and take my back. And then I'm like, okay, now I'm going to work everything back defense. You know what I'm saying? I'll let someone mount me, and I'm like, okay, now I'm going to work – uh, everything you're gonna hit bump them so they mm-hmm. go over and then you're yeah. just gonna just figuring out my stuff you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so yeah 
And with like Benson though, like do you do you think it's like fair to say that he's like just uh like an underappreciated champion? Easily, yeah. He's, Easily. He's technically, I mean, if you guys you watch uh, MMA on point, I mean, he's one of the most uh he still holds the record for most lightweight title defenses. Oh, really? You know what I'm saying? Since BJ Penn. Oh yeah. There's three title defenses at lightweight and then when he be uh when Benson became the uh champion, no one else has defended their title more than once or twice because then it was Pettis. Pettis lost to Desanos. Desanos lost to Eddie. Eddie lost to Connor, and then Connor and Khabib. Now we're at Khabib. Khabib fought, and he beat Tony. Then he would. He would. Or Gaethje. Yeah, or Gaethje. Because I'm nervous. I'm a little nervous for Tony. I will say that. Yeah, that's true. But it's like I think if he, whoever he beats, if he beats the winner of that fight, because I'm gonna say it's the winner of that fight, Mm -hmm. um, and then he beats Connor again, he's gonna bust the record for most lightweight defenses. Mm -hmm. And I honestly think after. Whoever he fights, whether it's Tony or Gaethje, that Connor rematch does have to happen. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially if Connor's Connor's gunning for it too, right? Yeah, and but Connor's yeah. back in his mindset, mm-hmm. his old mindset of like, let's go get it. Yep. And I think like all that trouble that he got into was really the, you know, the the snap, wake up, mm-hmm. man. You gotta you gotta stop this because I, yeah. I have to say like I think he's been redeeming himself, mm-hmm. especially with like what's been going on, like calling for lockdown, um, you know, making sure we you know take it's care being, of this being a people's champ again. Yeah, he's being he's being who he used to be. Because when I look back and I see that that uh, guy from Ireland who is crying because he didn't get to put the terminally ill fans' belts, mm-hmm. you know, I'm probably mincing my words a little bit because that's. But he showed that he genuinely had a had an interest in his fans and everything, yeah. and you could see how it was just that's what it should have been. And then when I saw him punch that old man in the bar, I was just <laughs> oh, like, man, it, it was just yeah. a a punch to my to my emotions, and I'm just like, I can't follow this guy. But now that he's you know, it's, this is a redemption story yeah. that he's going through. I, I think, you know, it's everyone, everyone goes through those times in their life. And I think it's having the right people around you, right? Yeah. Like his, his wife, his, his, his coach, his mentor, his best friend. You know what I'm saying? And like people Paris always him. teaches us forgiveness, man. Mm-hmm. It's a big like, deal. And then it goes like, that's a, that's a true coach, right? Is like not only having someone just come to the gym and you tell them this, this, and that, but, you know, someone like Paris who, you know, puts out those, uh, kind of life lessons or little little uh, little uh, keys keys the you know life lessons on Instagram and stuff like that's a that's a true coach you know what I'm saying that goes oh, yeah. about, and that's why I think Connor had that moment where either it's his coach or his wife or somebody on his team like had that talk or they had an intervention or something and they they had to talk with him they're like you gotta stop punching old people in the face dude. I, honestly like, <laughs> think he, I honestly think he had an intervention with himself because mm-hmm. when he watched when I watched that aerial interview when he comes on, like, I don't know if you ever watched the channel on YouTube, Mix Molly Whopper. Yeah, yeah. He put it in a perfect spades. Like, it looked like Connor was in physical pain mm-hmm. of shame. And it's mm-hmm. just, that's interesting when you have that strong of emotion that's, like, physically affecting you. You could tell he's just, he, he knows what he did. Yeah. And I think the fact that he's acknowledging it this fast and just waking himself up, it kind of shows that, yeah, no, he does have a conscience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to see, man. And he's good for the sport. The the highest paid UFC athlete. athlete. He's the the most recognized. Who doesn't know who Conor McGregor is now? You know what I'm saying? So did that Floyd Mayweather fight? So the only thing I would say about Conor though is when if he let's say he wins that rematch, and I'm totally wrong, Mm -hmm. I honestly just want to see him finally defend that belt. That's like one of the big criticisms is he's never defended that belt. But I honestly think he could do it. Depends on how he beats Khabib too. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. If he fights Khabib, yeah, because if he if he fights Khabib and he beats him, like, Mm -hmm. what if he gives Tony a shot? Yeah, I really want to see Connor versus Tony. That was always that was like the original one that was supposed to happen. I'm just curious: is Connor gonna? It's like the same thing with Gaethje. Is he gonna put him away early, or is it gonna go in the later rounds and you know Mm -hmm. Connor gets finished in four or five? Definitely, it definitely sucks to be Connor because you you still have that uh, 
a target on your back no matter oh, yeah. what. Everyone and wants to fight. Tony's the big... still calling McNuggets. Khabib's still <laughs> calling him chicken. You know, Gaethje's still saying, "Let's go, let's go." So I mean, everyone wants red panty night. Yeah, everyone wants yeah. red. Dude, there's no no fight that Connor has next is gonna be easy. I know that's another criticism. Like, oh, why are you fighting Cowboy? You know, it's like. You know, it was but, a it was a dip your toe in the water yeah. type fight. Like I want to make sure I get a win and first. Cowboy was still top five at lightweight. Remember yeah. that he just lost to the two best guys. You lost to Justin Gaethje and you lost to Tony Ferguson. You know what I'm saying these aren't these aren't scrubs, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but like I said, like any fight from now for for Connor is like the worst fight ever. <laughs> I I do want to see him versus Jorge Masvidal at one seven. That'd be that'd be crazy. that is going to be a crazy fight. I I love Jorge what he's done, and I think that because Jorge's become a hype train of himself, mm-hmm. like that that clash of hype trains is just going to be mm-hmm. an insane fight. That's like a money fight right there. Mm-hmm. We got yeah. I mean we got five more minutes. Yep. But, like, yeah, no, I'm just so excited for this whole card to come back and, like, us finally having a sport. Mm-hmm. And I like what Dana's doing because I know Dana has his criticisms mm-hmm. on how, like, he'll say one thing and then he'll completely backpedal. And then when I'm, like, watching interviews, I'm like, but you just said, and it's kind of like one of those things. But I, like, admire the fact that he's trying to be the first sport out there and it might be good yeah. to get some new fans, new fans in. we right. need new fans i say that on twitter all the time everyone's like man i miss uh when the kevin lee fight happened with uh charles Oliveira. everyone's like man i miss baseball i miss that and i always tweeted i'm like if you guys new sports fan want to watch there's ufc on espn and that was uh, this a, time man that was a good fight think too. of what do you think of kevin lee though right now because he's like saying it's mental man it's mental it's all yeah. mental man kevin I, I was just talking to uh, my boy jt about this yesterday i was like dude i like kevin lee I like his style. I like I like the way he fights and stuff. But man, it's like it's another one. Is like it's just right there. Like he almost. I mean, what do you when he fought Tony? Like that was a good fight, right? That he was rocked him, got on top of mounted him, started laying down bombs. The bell rings, then he's gassed out. Same thing with Rafael Sano. Same thing with uh, with Charles Oliveira. It's like he, he you could see he had those moments. Mm-hmm. It's just he got finished, and it's like yeah. I think. And I think this is the problem is like a lot of people like to just say this guy lost, so they're not going to give him any credit for yeah. what he did in there. I think it's like kind of like Ben Askren when he fought Damian Maya. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, he lost that fight in the end, but those grappling exchanges. You get respect had, for Ben Askren in that fight. Man. Oh, yeah, I know. And you could tell he wasn't going to just shoot for the takedown mm-hmm. right away because Jorge Masvidal taught him that lesson. Because mm-hmm. yep. I think, you know, like even though his striking was kind of like you could tell he was still just in that development stage. Mm-hmm. And at his age, that's such a that's such a bad thing to be in because mm-hmm. he just relied so much on that wrestling. Yeah. And in the UFC, it's like wrestling is going to get you super far, mm-hmm. but like there's ways against it. Mm-hmm. There's ways around it. And I think that's what Jorge like really wanted to expose. So mm-hmm. he he took his time before he actually went for any sort of takedown or it went to the ground. Mm-hmm. And and he used um I, I use his takedown in practice all the time. He snatches up that single, and instead of running the pipe, he'll he'll uh, grab the head and start turning the head. And because um, Damian Maya is no slouch on the wrestling as well, right? So mm-hmm. I that's a pretty uh, sneaky takedown to do as well, especially when you're um, um, Dominic does that a lot. He do that new pick, but you shoot you shoot that arm all the way up, and then you start running the pipe and you, you throw that head over. Like that's that's a pretty good one, man. When we go when we go training in your garage, show you, you, you yeah. can show me. Yeah, yeah, I'll be your I'll be your grappling yeah. dummy. I want to I want to know what that feels like. Yeah, definitely, yeah. man. Absolutely. But we're actually gonna take a quick break. Be back with part two. See you soon. So we talked a lot about like just real life UFC. Mm-hmm. I do have a question. What do you do like during this time when we are when we're like just stuck at home mm-hmm. and there's like nothing else to do when you're not training? What are you doing? Like when gaming? I'm, when I'm not training, man, I'm I'm gaming. 
all, all all the time. I I if I don't even sleep. Like I'm in the garage. I spend two hours in the garage, and I take a five minute shower, and I hop right on. I'm I'm in my towel still. I'm hopping right on the Xbox, and I'm playing UFC three, man. And it's uh-huh. uh, it's fun. It's addicting. That's a, that's a <laughs> heck of an online community too. Oh, man. I've never seen so many like people take digital fighting seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like I mean. I, I like a serious game as much the, as the next guy, but some people mm-hmm. like take that game and they go ham sandwich. Oh, on yeah. yeah, I get messages all the time. Like if I beat somebody or like I frustrate somebody, I, I it pops up on my screen. So and so sent you a message, and it's just and it's just a taunt. S- some taunt. It's just somebody talking crap, or it's either fourteen year olds that are getting mad at me, or like thirty something or forty something year old guys that are like getting mad at me for something i'm like man dude this is this is fun it's quite the demographic <laughs> from the age range of 14 to 40 yeah or something. right it's like my little pony or something well everybody like here is uh <laughs> <laughs> you remember that yeah. from like high school oh, yeah you, I, had, oh. I had one of my best friends was it was a brony oh <laughs> dude, man he, that's one of my best friends i wrestled with he had a my little pony shirt man and i was like <laughs> they're like isn't that your boy man i was like oh, so did he like yeah. do you like summon the spirit of like fluttershy yeah, or something dude, like that had, when he, he wrestled had, he had the necklace he had the i just oh. i was like oh man dude That's... but um but yeah it's uh since everyone's in quarantine right everyone's playing you everyone's all of a sudden getting you uh, good at ufc3 and so i'm just like man dude like i get i get i'm, I'm up at two in the morning and uh i just i'm screaming at the tv do you like get, switch up your characters in weight class or is there like a favorite fighter uh i switch up my characters a lot because i like to i like to see you know what what the ufc gave stats to and like like i was saying uh on the break like some of these guys they did some guys dirty man like with stats and stuff like i said gilbert burns who's a jiu-jitsu world champion has like same level jiu-jitsu as conor mcgregor and i'm like that's nowhere near like the i mean conor mcgregor could have better grappling i feel because he's a brown belt in brazilian he's jiu-jitsu. a brown belt in jiu-jitsu, but he's not a, a multiple time world champion jiu-jitsu yeah. guy like Gil- like gilbert burns gets you on the ground like that's uh that's that's a wrap man you know what i'm saying but yeah it's uh i'm one of those guys where i'm like man this guy doesn't even fight like that guy in when the game and- do you play like as henry a lot in flyweight division and then just like think wow like uh, this guy's in a video game and i know this guy in real life and all that stuff <laughs> you know i've i've gotten pat like uh i've had teammates in the past like benson henderson and uh efrain escudero in games um henry's in the game they did they did henry dirty too man they made him so small they oh. made, they made the, the body models are like they're like uh 15 year old kids and like, he's packing on some henry, muscle henry, too. henry's a big uh he's, he's got a big frame on him but uh everyone if you go on flyweight everyone uses henry like oh, nobody yeah. uses anybody else. And that says something about the guy's showmanship oh, on how yeah. much attention he's brought to to flyweight and stuff. Mm. It's so sad that he left. Oh yeah. I, I like to you know what I like to play as is CM Punk well too because it's such a, people. Well, it's a challenge too, because mm-hmm. not only that, but people don't take it seriously. Mm-hmm. And when people aren't taking you that seriously, that's when you're doing the mm-hmm. thing. And then like I, I had the same thing happen. Someone knocked me out as Dana White. Oh really? Yeah. Well, actually, like, Dana White's better than, um, than CM Punk. I'd oh yeah. Say. Oh yeah. I bet. I bet Dana White has better skills than CM Punk in real life, though. Oh yeah. Well, actually, Dana White was, was like boxing, a, right? Yeah, he was a boxer, and he wanted to like do it pro. He and was then fighting. Think... He wanted to fight Tito. Remember oh. that? Oh really? You, didn't, you guys know when back in '05 or whatever, and um, Tito, Tito, and Dana like got into it because the whole Chuck Chuck Liddell uh thing, because he was managing both fighters and. Dana obviously was putting Chuck Liddell on the pedestal, and then you know they had the rivalry, and then Tito would come in with shirts on the way, and it's like Dana White's my, you know what I'm saying? And there's like they, if you look on YouTube, there's like a legit 24 seven on them training to fight each other. <laughs> like we gotta make that happen in Bellator or something <laughs> like that. Like just see, 
I wonder what I honestly want to see like how Dana White throws and stuff like that. Like, I mean, it, it's, it's he's an intimidating dude. He's better a, than CM Punk, I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But besides like UFC, like what other games are you like interested in? Halo Wars too. Halo man. Wars too. I, oh. I get mad on that too because everyone online. I just, I it's just something to keep my like. I noticed like early on, especially even before like everything closed down, I I couldn't shut my mind off. From either being an athlete or a coach, like helping mm. my helping my boys out with coaching and stuff, and I'd I'd go from the gym or the garage and I'd go home and I'd pop UFC on and I'm I've got my notebook on and I'm writing notes down and like it was just nonstop like really and it sounds good like to obsess over it but then there's moments where I'm like man I really need to just like I'm getting burnt out on seeing you know all the same stuff so take I'll, a step back yeah don't take, drive yourself crazy yeah yeah like it got to that point where I'm like man I see. TJ or Dominic, you know, studying Dominic Cruz for Henry's camp. I'm like, man, dude, I seen the switch cross darts and all this. It's driving me crazy, bro. I can't, I can't do it, man. Anymore. So you gotta like pop in Assassin's Creed. Or yeah, something I, like that. I haven't played Assassin's Creed recently. Um, I'm excited about the new Valhalla, but oh uh, man, I saw. Do you see that meme online where it says Assassin's Creed? And I've shared this on Facebook. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And it shows SpongeBob in his Leap oh, Erickson and the, costume, and, the, and then all the all happy the Happy Leap Erickson day. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. No, but um, I've been playing a lot of first. I've just been um, messing around, man. Just like I said, I get competitive on UFC. Um, if I just want to mess around, I get on Halo Wars 2 or uh, Rose and I will, will play Halo, firefight on Halo or something. You know what I'm saying? Just last uh, yeah. time. I Master really don't Chief have- Master Chief Collection or Halo 5? Master Chief Collection. Oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't mess with Halo 5, man. Oh, you I, don't? Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in Halo 5. So. They, they just the campaign or like everything? Yeah, campaign. Campaign, yeah. I yeah. know. That's, that's bad. Like when- like you have a story that's so well set up because mm-hmm. I remember like when I was like a senior in college and that was coming out mm-hmm. or oh, no junior year I remember mm-hmm. and I was like I was like jonesing about that Everyone game. Was hyped about it. I, I I remember putting it up for early download so on that 9 p.m. mark I was there playing it <laughs> I finished it by 11. I came in the next day to class with such a disappointed look on my face I was just I was like they had such a good story lined up. And that's like it'd be false marketing man. Yeah. Like, they're, they spent one mission looking for for Master Chief, and then they're now they're friends, and now they're you know. It's, and it's and just, their big battle was a fist fight when they're both wearing armor. Yeah, like what's it, it wasn't I, cool, but I, I'm hoping the next one is is uh, is a lot better, man. It seems like um they're returning to form, but I haven't heard too much about it, man. I I actually kind of like worry about it in a mm-hmm. sense, you know, because just gonna keep keep beating that dead horse. Well, not just that, and I think it's sometimes it's time to like lay it to bed so you have like mm-hmm. a quality legacy yeah. other than just trying to drag it out. And it's like, well, but what they did with that that trailer is they had Master Chief and some guy that we've never seen yeah. before. There was no Locke, there was no Blue Team, there was no Fire Team Osiris. So if you like take all those like like storyline, it's kind of like if you had like a UFC battle pretty mm-hmm. much of like two fighters who like really had and there's like all this drama involved and you just like threw out all the things. You're kind of like ruining the marketing mm-hmm. for the next game kind of thing. I think I think maybe they just want to do away with everything that happened with Halo Five. It's yeah. kind of it's kind of like um, but it's like you wrote yourself. Into yeah, exactly. This you right? better write yourself. Well, it's kind of like the X Men series, right? In in the movies where they did Days of Future Past, so everything that happened before that, like the original X Men and all that, like. Just didn't exist anymore so i think oh. or um or star wars right like they the last star wars was like kind of like re-patching up all the screw-ups in the in the uh previous star wars right so, you gotta give jj abrams credit though because like when i you liked s- it yeah i mean i liked it for not as like an overall like movie arc i guess you mm-hmm. could say but i think like i i was 
coming in giving J.J. Abrams the benefit of the doubt in that one. I definitely liked it better than last one. Now. Oh, man, Ryan Johnson, that guy, <laughs> he he took a movie, took it in a whole different direction and started trash talking mm-hmm. on Twitter like crazy. And I was just it's like, get this movie away from me, please. Either you if, ruin if you, Luke if Skywalker. You, if Disney can do Marvel so good, you know, the whole cinema, 10 years of cinematic universe, like majority of the time is good, right? You don't mm-hmm. talk about Iron Man two or three or like. The, the five incredible hulks that they made but like the majority mcu is like amazing amazing why yeah. couldn't they do that with star wars <laughs> I, I know it's such a it's like but they they put it into different sectors and everything and i think yeah. kevin feige when he was in charge of that entire like thing he saw all the mistakes that star wars made and he's like okay let's not make that mistake because they all they all thought that like we thought captain marvel was going to be like the savior of everything mm. and i think it's it kind of like oh it was gosh. i would have been like it's just disrespect to um like like iron man cuz like they lost the fight so they yeah. got to pick that up but if you just have captain marvel replace an entire like 11 years of work i mean i actually saw captain marvel and i was like i was impressed by that movie yeah, it was pretty good it, it had good direction and i actually like 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 the 90s soundtrack especially mm. that fight when they did that no doubt song which oh, is like, yeah i was like okay this is like, i'm having a good time i went mm. back to see it a second time but i was just like they got to keep this minimized and they they did a good job because not only did they give her that like haircut that was mm. in the in the comics which I, I like i actually think brie larson actually rocks short hair really good yeah. too but like they said, you know, there's millions of planets suffering from the same thing you are. So she's taking care of that. You guys got it. So it was like, and then she pops up at the end, at the end like to save the day. It's like, okay. Just I, destroys Thanos. Yeah. Shit. I, I was, been, um, Rose, Rose has been getting me into a lot of anime too. You know what I'm saying? So we've been watching some anime on Netflix, a lot of crazy, uh, it's just, it, it gets me hyped for for trading, you know what I'm saying? Because oh, all, all if you watch all the fight, all the fight scenes, the anime stuff, it just makes you're you wanna, pumped. Oh, it's all anime is like you get you watch an anime where it's like Dragon Ball Z or like all these all these guys that trade. It's all about training and it's all about beating the next guy, right? And mm-hmm. so that's that's oh man, I, I get hyped. Like I see I see a crazy fight scene, I'm like, all right, what, let's what's go. What's your favorite? Like, cause you know, like when you watch a fictional character, and you're like, I'm gonna mm-hmm. draw the spirit of that character when I go into the octagon mm-hmm. next time. If you could choose like one anime character, which one would that be that you just draw the spirit out and go? Oh ham? man, well, I'll tell you what. When I was when I was uh, I, I used to get in fights a lot in uh, elementary school, um, just for fun, right? And I never trained or anything, did sports. I I was so in love with Dragon Ball Z. I would I would Super Saiyan up before I'd fight. Oh, yeah. I would Vegeta I would, or Goku. Goku. I would Goku. get up and I would just be like. And then just run at kids, dude, and we would just brawl. I like, noticed you get like blonde <laughs> highlights in your hair every now and again. I do. Dude, I, is that because of Goku inspired? I think like, it's an Asian thing, man. I think Asian thing. Yeah, I, I'm I'm half I'm half I'm Filipino and Japanese. I think it's an inherent thing to just randomly just dye our hair some funky color because we can. I don't know, man. But um, I well I originally dyed my hair because we're in Arizona and there's a bunch of and let's be honest, there's a bunch of little brown people fighting on every card. So I wanted to be a little brown person that kind of stood out, right? Like I have blonde hair, I have white hair, you know what I'm saying? So I, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to have a spectacular showcase and be like, ah, some some brown guy, I don't remember his name, you know? So at least he has white. I, I have all, I have a couple of people that uh that I'll see like that were on like certain cards and stuff. And they're like, oh, you have blonde hair before. I'm like, yep, that's me. So yeah, that's the reason why. <laughs> that's pretty cool. I mean, I, yeah, no, I mean, I've noticed that like, the uh the like fight community here is like really heavy like in like filipino hispanic mm-hmm. mainly like hawaiian and stuff like mm-hmm. that it's actually pretty cool like yeah arizona has become like basically a really diverse like fight community yeah it's really like crazy that. how you know how many uh 
the Pacific Islanders are out here in Arizona. Oh yeah. I have a couple of uncles out here. Um, Rose and her family. Um, there's a couple guys, uh, Natividad brothers. Um, mm-hmm. they're 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 from Hawaii. Like there's in a desert, you wouldn't expect so many people that lived on an island in the desert. You know what I'm saying? So All my right. uncle, my uncle Dale Soapy, he's a he's a big heavyweight, fought for uh, PFL and stuff. So so you got like a lot of genes from like all over the world, just like yeah. But you know. I got all the small genes. I didn't get the big Samoan genes, man. Oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> I got the like the thing. All my cousins are like the one we. I have a picture of me and my cousins when we were all 15, and there's me still the same height that I am now, and then my cousins are like. Like, uh, your, your height, like six foot plus 250 pounds and like, and we're all the same age, you know what I'm saying? So I, I got all my mom's Filipino genes. Oh yeah. And I feel that cause, um, <laughs> I inherited my dad's Irish and English genes, mm-hmm. but then like, like a lot of people say like, you look really Italian. And I think that's yeah, like from I, my, I'd think that too. that's from my mom's side actually. Cause she like grew up in San Pedro where there's like a lot of like Italian people mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Just especially like a lot of shady stuff going on too. So I think she, that's why she moved out. Um, but, uh, like also like, that's like the main thing. But then when I look at my heritage, especially on my mom's side, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like kind of same thing with you. I'm like, just like a mutt. Like yeah, yeah. I got like, I like German, French, Spanish. <laughs> um, I think I do have some Mexican, but not enough to where it like shows on the outside yeah. or anything like not that. enough to be, you know, <laughs> to be like, to be like putting a Mexican up, flag up, with an Michael? American flag. Yeah. Nah, <laughs> I just, I'm not a big, I'm not a big fan of doing that just cause mm-hmm. like, even though like the Irish like is, is really heavy in me. Mm-hmm. It's like, if, if mm-hmm. like I were to like be like a pro wrestler or something like that, I wouldn't wear an Irish flag. I think yeah. I'd still be obligated to do that American flag. Cause yeah, I think yeah. unless like, cause when you watch like a fighter, like George St. Pierre or something like that, mm-hmm. who really just like rocks that Canadian flag yeah. or something. Like, even if I was like part Canadian, I don't know if I'd be comfortable wearing that flag. Cause it's just mm-hmm. not my thing. I just yeah. think like stealing, you know, that kind of culture or something like that, like not like appropriation as they call it nowadays, mm-hmm. but like, just like kind of like just being real and being yeah, authentic. Right. Like this yeah. is where I came from. I'm yeah. not trying to, you know, my, my uh, JT always gets mad. Cause I, I like Mar Usman and, it's like Kamar Usman's not even really African. He's from Nebraska, dude. He hates yeah, that. He wears the green color. Actually, stuff. Jorge did that. He made that video, right? The multiple personalities of Kamar Usman. You see that? Yeah, I saw where it that. shows like Marty Usman <laughs> representing America, and then it's just like, dude, are you really from Nigeria? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm like, confused. I'm saying if it's Israel, Israel, and uh, Nganu, you know, rep you and stuff. I'm, 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 I'll, I'll take him as Nigerian man. Oh but. yeah, because wait, isn't is is uh what's his name? Um. Uh, Nganu, who's actually also fighting. I'm looking forward yeah, to him. Yeah, yeah, he's fighting the other. He's fighting the. Um, I forgot. I can't pronounce his name, but he's also from Africa. They're both. They're both freaking. So it's gonna be. It's that. gonna be like a whole. Yeah, it's gonna be an African. It's battle, gonna. Like, it's gonna be. Uh, um, it's gonna be. Uh, the the Black Panther, like who who's the real Black Panther? Because <laughs> I always like thought that like I I just sent some French in Nganu too when he well he was he was from France oh really yeah. so yeah no so but it's like bloodlines he went heavily. from Africa and then they discuss he he was boxing in France. And his boxing coach was like, you should probably do MMA too. Like you hit hard. Yeah. You'll knock some, yeah, you'll knock some dudes out in MMA. So yeah, he does. He does. He got that title shot. So his coach is right. Yeah. I I think he should go back for a rematch. I think now that he's actually felt what Stipe is all about. I don't think Stipe is about it though, man. You really don't think so? I mean, you see his, his quotes, he's like, oh, it's about, you know, he's more concerned about coronavirus and all this, like, which is understandable, but I don't think like after he's at the end of his career. You know he what I'm is. saying? Like you, you can tell. Like right? he could do that trilogy. Him fight. and him and DC are. They, I think if they do a trilogy fight, they're done. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, like they should just be that last. Yeah. Because I honestly feel like, even though 
Cormier lost the rematch, which I was surprised by. Mm. Like, I think that was a great comeback, but I feel like that was like his big redemption was mm. snatching that heavyweight title. Mm. And I mean, I think defending it against Derek Lewis, who's kind of like a one dimensional, oh, yeah. was kind of questionable. So you really want to see him defend it against Steve and it like yeah. kind of sucks. He was but, beating Stipe up, man. Oh, just, yeah. Oh, man. I was there live, too. I was there live watching it, and I remember going in round four. I was like, whoever starts, like, because they are just both headhunting. They were just rock'em, sock'em robots. It's like, whoever starts changing these levels on the shots is like, they'll start shining through. And then all of a sudden, boom, boom, my Stipe. And then you see Cormier start jiggling his belly, and you're like, boom, boom, again. I'm like, oh, man. That's like, that's his weakness, um, that I think him and Johnny Holmes. Yeah. yeah. They, they both got that. Honestly, like, with... I honestly want to see who John Jones is going to fight next, too. Like the police. The police. <laughs> that that whole story I, I got. I watched that video. I watched the whole video of his um his arrest. His arrest. And it's I, just sad, man. You got to send me that link. I it's missed just that. It's sad. Like you could just tell like cop rolls up, he's like, "What are you doing?" And John's was like, "Oh, I'm just I'm just going on a drive, man, blah, blah, blah. You're just like, this is just you're, you're this drunk, is sad, man, dude. dude. Like you're you're Did you hear a gunshot? Did I hear a gunshot? Oh yeah, I heard a gunshot. You're like, oh, dude, this uh, is. I mean, they gave him the test, and he couldn't walk straight. He's like, okay, let me, let me, let me uh, restart. And it's just like, dude, I. You asked my dad, dude. Like when John Jones first came on the scene, I thought he was freaking Superman, dude. Like my dad would make jokes. He's like, oh, did you hear about John Jones? Uh, he saved a cat out of a tree and uh, saved people out of a burning fire, dude. Like my dad would always give me crap because I thought John Jones was like. Superman, the best guy, dude. Like, the best. and he still is. Yeah. But I, I saw him when he fought um, um, that Brazilian guy, like for the very first time, his UFC debut. No, his UFC debut. Mm. And they were telling his stats, like he started MMA six months ago, and he had three fights, and then he was in the UFC. He just had a natural. And I was yeah. like, I, I listened to Joe Rogan say that. I was like, did he really just say he just did MMA six months ago? <laughs> and he's That's, in the UFC, you know? Yeah. And then you, so, and then you just see his career branch from that. I mean. It's just sad. Because there's one thing, though, that Jared told me when I had him on on the cast, like, just a couple weeks ago, mm -hmm. that, you know, like, no one's really perfect. Mm -hmm. And I think we can give John Jones credit where it's due. Mm -hmm. This isn't the worst thing he's gotten oh, no. in trouble for. Bro. Well, it, 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 yeah, no one is, is is perfect, right? And especially if your, your life is under a spotlight mm -hmm. all the time. Like, think of how many insecurities or how, how different you might feel when you, you know, like you feel, you feel awkward when you're taking a test and your teacher's over your shoulder, right? And you mm -hmm. start acting different. You're like, uh, you know, and, or like you're in jujitsu class and maybe coaches like looking at you specifically while you're trying to do the new move and you, you start stumbling upon yourself, right? Think about that in life. Yeah. Everyone's all up on your, all up on you trying to figure out who, all right, who are you dating now? Or like, where are you living? You know, what you people training? are kind of like, I mean, getting nosier because of like oh, all yeah. this media and that's, stuff that's like the, that. That's the most annoying thing. Because I remember when I was, a, I was young, I was like a super huge Tarantino fan after mm -hmm. I watched From Dust Till Dawn. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't be admitting that I was able to watch that movie at such a young <laughs> age. But like, I was like, dude, Tarantino's the best. And then mm -hmm. just as a kid, 10 years old, I'm watching Pulp Fiction oh, and all wow. these things. So yeah, no, I had a pretty interesting childhood mm -hmm. when my parents weren't looking, mm -hmm. but like... I watched this video where he's outside getting a coffee and this paparazzi guy literally comes up and he's like, dude, like not now. Mm -hmm. And it's like, see, we all value our privacy as people. Mm -hmm. We all just want to, you know, have some times where it's like, okay, man, it's, it's all good. And I, I'm, 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 an, I'm usually an open book. Like if someone wants to talk about something, yeah. I usually talk about it. But when you have someone just like egging you, hammering on. you yeah. and I saw him slap that cameraman and it's just like, I'm, I'm just like, that's a little far, but at mm -hmm. the same time, you're probably getting it every day. Yeah. You're probably, and the guy was being really rude too. So he's like, just saying like, dude, like I asked you twice already, just not. It, cool. it, it makes you, it makes you kind of appreciate when fighters constantly do media. 
mm-hmm. and get the same. I, I think I said this last time when I was here. Like the one question I hate during when I'm when I'm fighting during fight week is like, how's the weight? How you feel it? And you're like, you answer the same question over and over again. So you kind of appreciate like I did that to Henry. Yeah, yeah. Well, like <laughs> it's 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 standard, right? Like how you feeling? You know, how's the weight? Blah blah. blah. But like you appreciate the fighters when they. They go out of their way. They're cutting weight. Like people like Tony Fer- Tony Ferguson gives the best interviews, right? Like oh, yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the rats and all that, right? But Did like, you see his one with Helen Yee? Oh, when he's dude. Out of nowhere, he said something. I, I think it was like on the lines of uh, he was talking about rugging, and then he brought up Haka, and just, then someone stepped on his front and then went back to what he's talking yeah. about. I'm just like thinking, wait, what? But well, I was like, that's that's actually good because it's <laughs> it's natural, mm-hmm. but it's so awkward that it just like. You, you, but like like I said, like you you gain a new appreciation. Like these fighters go through a lot, like at mm-hmm. the highest level. That's what I'm saying. Like when you're under the microscope, like you start acting a little bit different. Like I don't like it. Like I had to become pretty reserved in my own life, or like in training and stuff, because I don't I don't like people asking. Like if people ask me like how I'm doing and stuff, I just I keep it short and simple, right? Like if you do want to talk to me, I'll be an open book. I'm 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 pretty transparent, but like I just don't like when people try to know things, right? Like mm-hmm. it's like it's like, like let's have some boundaries. Like yeah. you can know this, yeah, but you know it's just or like, like if I if I say something, then it's just gonna come back around and like someone's gonna use it against me. So uh, I understand, you know, like it gets annoying when people try to try to egg you on and about stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. But like back with the whole, you know, press thing when you're a fighter, that's a, that's a big <laughs> responsibility. Cause you're always going to have something like, cause especially like in Hollywood or something, which I think Dominic Cruz like has like a house out there in that area oh, yeah. too. Like he could probably be on his balcony and someone's like, like taking mm-hmm. pictures of him, him hitting pads with Jeremy yeah. Stevens or something, or if not something worse where he's like, you know, like not to put any bad images, but just getting out of the, out of the shower or something mm-hmm. like that. And someone's yeah. taken, because they really do do that. Yeah. And it's just like, it's like, you got to like make sure, especially when you're on that level, mm-hmm. like of, of like fame, you got to like make sure your doors are closed, yeah, your windows. And it's just, cause people are just it's not a good way of living. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Or like you have to watch everything you say, because if you, if you're joking around with somebody and you say, you know, like, uh, also like Dominic a, Cruz, that bath thing was a, was a joke. I don't know how much <laughs> this is going to be. Uh, but you say the wrong thing and someone takes it out of context and they're like, oh, Zach said, uh, you know, he doesn't like Mexican food, so he doesn't like Mexican. You know what I'm saying? Just like oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I love carne asada. <laughs> I mean, that's like I've been actually having a lot of Filibertos, too. That's oh, like man, the, don't tell me about that. Oh, uh, I had to hold myself back uh, um, eating eating Filibertos, but uh, or Mexican food in general. But uh, yeah, that's it's it's hard, man, because then if you if you start becoming more reserved or cautious, you come off as you know, an a-hole or something, right? Like you mm-hmm. come off as somebody that nobody wants to talk to, but that's not it. It's just, you're just being cautious. Well, I mean, I, yeah. And it's, especially as you get older, mm-hmm. cause you get more experience with people because you are going to bump into, and this was the thing. Cause I like used to be really huge into cosplay and mm-hmm. I, you know, I still try and do it because I have friends there mm-hmm. who I like still like to hang out with and stuff. But I like used to be like the thing where like you would share things with these people mm-hmm. and then it would come back to bite you later. So then you just you're kind of like it's kind of like John Kavanaugh's thing. You either win or you learn. Yeah. So if you take this loss, you, you're like, OK, I'm going to make sure I am careful about what I share. Mm-hmm. Like and with with cosplay specifically in that community, they really like to like know how you made it and everything yeah, like yeah. that. And I don't mind sharing that. I could share like cosplay secrets. But when it just gets to a personal level, it's like mm-hmm. when you back off and it's like that I do that kind of a lot, but it's like, it's so hard not to come off. And I, you always got to say this and like, just 
even if you're a fighter or just like a construction worker or something like no matter what your thing is it's like you could always say like not to sound like yeah. you know kind of like but i'm just like more reserved and i think people don't get that yeah no and especially like I, I i'm from new jersey so it's a little bit more of a different culture on the east coast like if you're with coworkers or even people you train with you don't really talk about uh right off the bat like if we're not like close close i'm not gonna ask you like about your your parents or like uh just get start digging for information like where i'm from like that's a little you're, you're, you're not gonna go up. hi i'm the, zach here's my there's address, different like. intentions when people are, are doing that right like so like i get i get a little off but like so if anybody thinks i'm kind of a dick like it's not because i'm, I'm a you know i'm just being reserved you know you're just saying? going like, your own way at this yeah point. and like i said if we want to talk we sit down and talk but like it's when people are are uh they use that against you right like you talk about like uh you know like your kids or like this and that and then Somehow it gets back around to you and like bites you in the ass. Like it's just uh gossip among adults. Oh, I hate it. Man. It's, I hate it's it. bad. How much time we got left? We got about five more minutes. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to talk about, or you want to get to training, man? No, I mean we can talk about whatever. I just um yeah no, it's a good conversation. Yeah, <laughs> we're I kind know. of all it's, over it's, the it's place. Fun, I, that's the thing I like about doing these because we we're talking about video games mm-hmm. once, and then I think we kind of forget the mics and the cameras are here, mm-hmm. and then it's just it's it's just real, talk. it's yeah. real and stuff like that. But I'm all out of stuff that like we could talk about. We let's go train, man. Yeah, I want you to show me that takedown. Yeah. Ready? Yep. All right.